following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, October 21st, 2020, season 16, episode number 48. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And today we start getting you ready for Cowboys versus the Washington football team. That happens this Sunday at noon. And uh, as a part of that, as we do every Wednesday, we're joined by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. He's going to give us a breakdown here of these this Washington football team. Particularly today, we're going to focus in on the Washington offense. Bucky, let's start where we normally start. Um, we know that this team, uh, as far as how they've played and where they're ranked, their offense isn't great. They're 31st in total offense. They're 30th in points. So uh, we know they're not great, but um, is this the worst offense that Dallas will have played or seen, I guess, to this point, including the Giants without Saquon Barkley? Uh, I think... The Giants and the Washington football team are very, very similar in terms of how they uh, come into the game against the Cowboys. Uh, the Washington football team, they, they really don't have a lot of talent. Um, their number one playmaker would be Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin is averaging 13 yards a catch. We have seen him get loose uh, since he's been in the league. He can take it over the top. He's fantastic with the ball in his hands, but he is their one primary threat. Um, they're breaking in a quarterback, Kyle Allen, who I will say this, um, he's unabashed uh, a teacher's pet in terms of he is Scott Turner's guy Scott Turner found him as an undrafted free agent and as we say what he's Scott Turner's pet cat and so Scott Turner is invested in seeing Kyle Allen play at a high level because he believes Kyle Allen can be that kind of player and so that's why he's been given the opportunity Uh, he knows the system he understands it front to back and those things he has enough talent because at one point um, during his high school career he was the number one ranked quarterback coming out, but he's never necessarily played to that reputation. That said, when he plays within himself and understands who he is as a player, he's certainly an effective starting quarterback. He gets into trouble when he plays like something that he's not, which is a high-end gunslinger, and that's when the turnovers happen. Um, And so when he's been heated up and pressured, he turns the ball over. And so we've seen him have runs early on when he's with the Carolina Panthers where he, he reeled off a string of wins. But since that point and since the tape has circulated around the league, he has just been uh, a middle-of-the-road quarterback at best. Bucky, I'm running out of questions to ask at this point, (laughs) given the situation. But I guess the best question that I can think of is, let's say the Cowboys offense continues with their, their turnover issues. The, is the, the Washington offense, is this an offense that the Cowboys defense would be able to kind of keep up with if the Cowboys offense were to keep giving the ball over? I mean, I think so. But I think this game is very, very similar to the Giants game. Um, the Giants were limping in uh, prior to the Cowboys, and they put up 30 points. And so I think this is a situation where if the offense gives 
the ball to the Washington football team in favorable situations, yes, they can score. Uh, to think that they can consistently drive the length of the field, they hadn't shown that. They hadn't shown that ability because they really don't have explosive playmakers outside of McLaurin and maybe Antonio Gibson. Uh, those are the two guys. Um, and so if the Cowboys just play sound, um, they don't have to really out-trick the Washington football team, but if they just play assignment football and do what they're expected to do, uh, they should be able to contain this offense. But as we've seen through six games, the defense hasn't been able to do those things, and so every game has been a really, really tough game. All right, Bucky, I'm, I'm looking for talent on this offense other than Terry McLaurin. <laughs> And it makes, me, um, it makes me wonder about Antonio Gibson, because if you go back to the start of the season, he was kind of a, a hot-button rookie, a guy with a decent amount of hype on him. He's only averaging like 10 carries a game and only 3.8 yards per carry when he does get the ball. Um, why, why isn't he better, basically? Or, or is this an opportunity for him to have a get-right game against this defense? I mean, I think it could be an opportunity for him to have a get-right game. We saw Devontae Freeman uh, have a his best game to date against the Cowboys. And so I think they're going to look at the tape and they obviously have seen that the Cowboys have struggled defensively. And so they're going to come in with enough confidence to believe that they can move the ball. Um, we'll see a lot of the same things that we have seen early on, like the tactics that other teams have used successfully. The Washington football team will try and see if they can establish the run, if they can hit you over the top with some deep play action passes, catch the safeties in the corners, falling asleep at the wheel, and they're going to try those things early. And if the Cowboys contain those things, then I don't know what the backup plan will be for the Washington football team because they haven't shown that ability to really have uh, a couple of the clubs in the bag. And so this is one where the Cowboys just need to really concentrate on how can we take care of our own stuff, make sure that we are in our gaps, we don't let the ball fly overhead, keep everything in front, and make them drive the length of the field. If they take that approach, they should be able to contain and control this offense. Bucky, I, I don't really care about the Redskins' offense. I mean, we, we've talked about it already. They, they, they're struggling, but the Cowboys' defense is struggling as well. You did a report on, on Dotari Poe when he was signed. The, the player that you saw on tape and the player you see now, what's, what, is it night and day? Is it even the same guy? Uh, yeah, look, he, he, he's, he's not what we expected he was going to be, right? We thought he would be a, a dominant interior player. We didn't think he'd necessarily be an A-plus player, but you thought he would be a B, B-plus player playing on the line, being able to stack and control it so uh, Jalen Smith and LVE would be able to run and chase, and he hasn't been able to do that. He, he hasn't been able to control the point. He hasn't necessarily exhibited the effort that you thought that he would, and so you're not getting any disruption at the point of attack against the ground. He's not necessarily a pass rusher, but you thought that he would be a stout and steady player against the run, and he has been a big disappointment. And obviously, each and every week you turn on the tape and you see him not living up or performing to the standard. You just wonder how long can they continue to play him when you have others who may give at least better effort or may make an impactful play every now and then. But you're certainly not getting what we thought we would get from Dante Paul. So far this season, Bucky, uh, the, the, the Washington football team has played three different quarterbacks, Kyle Allen, Dwayne Haskins, who started the season, and Alex Smith has come in in relief. Uh, which of those three is the best quarterback? I mean, the most talented quarterback is Dwayne Haskins, but Dwayne Haskins isn't their guy, and that happens sometimes when you have a regime change. Um, the guy that they feel strongest about is Kyle Allen, which is why he is starting. Um, he had been in this system at Carolina. He had won some games for them. Um, 
as I've said, Scott Turner really believes that he can be a starter. And I'm not saying that speculating. Scott Turner has told me that. Um, and so he, he believes in that he wants to give him every opportunity to show people that he can be a starting quarterback in the league. And because he understands the system, the ball does come out a little quicker. Um, he does have a better understanding of how to get through the full progressions and those things. And so from a play caller standpoint, he feels like Cal Allen gives him the opportunity to utilize more stuff on the call sheet. But I can't sit here and say that Kyle Allen is someone that um, we or anybody should be afraid of. He's a solid quarterback that can make plays if you create opportunities for him. But I don't think he can put it on his back and put up 350, 400 yards unless you gift him several opportunities. Does this seem weird? Real quick, I want to have a follow-up real quick, Amber. Does it seem weird to you, though, that you got a guy like Haskins who is a first-round pick, he's only very early in his career, have you ever seen a situation where a team opted to, to sit a guy that early in his career that was that they spent that much draft capital on for a guy that's an undrafted quarterback? Does that seem strange to you? Yes, it okay. seems strange. It's uncanny. I mean, like, it, it's, it's not something that you can do. But here, here's the problem, and here's what happens when you have coach-run front offices. The coaches have so much sway that they – uh, their opinion matters more than the evaluators and the people that bring in the talent from a, a personnel standpoint. And because Dwayne Haskins wasn't their guy and because he's kind of been tagged as the owner's guy because he went to high school with the owner's kid, he just doesn't have any advocates in the building. I'll say this, like Dwayne Haskins didn't acquit himself early, not necessarily with this regime, but with the previous regime in terms of some of the work habits and some of those other things. But by all accounts, when I talk to people around the program, he was doing those things. He did all the things that he needed to do in the offseason to be that guy and to move into a new system without a preseason and to be yanked after three or four games. Look, it was already in the fix was already in the works. And so Kyle Allen was the guy that they wanted. And so now we have Kyle Allen. So we get a chance to evaluate the football team, the play caller, and Kyle Allen as the starting quarterback. I don't have any interesting questions about Washington, but with Randy Gregory expected to, to come back this weekend, what are some of your expectations as far as the defensive line and, and some of the changes that we may be able to see, maybe a little bit more spark there coming from that area? Well, he's certainly a talented athlete. And right now, after seeing Alden Smith, I don't know what to think about it, like guys that come off the street because Alden Smith exceeded all expectations, being a guy that has been away from the game for a while and have success. I think with Randy Gregory, maybe he can dust off some of the athleticism that he displayed at Nebraska. Maybe he can come in and give them uh, a spark as a situational pass rusher and the like. But it's really hard because no one has seen him. And without even seeing him in the preseason, you just don't know where he is from a – physical standpoint, how much athleticism he's been able to retain during the layoff, and does he really fit in well to what Mike Nolan wants to do up front? I would think so because he appears to be like the traditional edge rusher that he wants to play with, but until we see him get game reps, it's hard to put high expectations on Randy Gregory. You mentioned a minute ago that Kyle Allen probably won't throw for a ton unless he's gifted with opportunities, but... That's what the Cowboys do. No, I'm so, I mean, that's, that's what they do. I mean, I think in five of six games, they have gifted quarterbacks with very easy throws. Um, and, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't expect you to have an answer to this, but six weeks into the season, how would you try to fix the fact that 
they don't seem to know how to properly run coverages. I mean, what do you what do you do with that? Man, it, so it, there's so many things that are, are wrong from the outside in, and you guys know because you guys are there. But just from a cultural standpoint, it just appears to be something that is off. And I would say the culture of the DB room is off. Like, and and I will say this, and I'm 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 standing in this. When Xavier Rose was able to say what he said without repercussions, it wrecked the program that Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan were building. Instead of addressing the lack of effort stuff, they kind of brushed it under the rug, and it continues to fester. And then when you have these issues where you're seeing guys who don't understand their assignments, guys who are blowing coverage, guys who just don't appear to know what they're doing, it's a problem. And as much as we can put this on Mike Nolan and Mike McCarthy and the coaching staff, at some point someone has to hold the players accountable. And I think there's a lack of accountability player to player and coach to player. And until they call these guys out, it's going to continue to happen. And I'm going to say this, and I understand it, like Rod Marinelli, Chris Richard, whatever problems they had, but ignoring those guys, I just don't think that festered. I don't think those things would be able to exist. They may not have played the best, but I do feel like those guys would have been called out on some of their stuff. And I'm seeing a team that is just okay letting these things continue to happen. At some point, somebody's going to have to be bad cop. And I just wonder how much longer before Mike McCarthy decides that he's going to put the bad cop hat on and really address these problems that continue to pop up each and every week. So, Bucky, you obviously were referring to Xavier Woods. Uh, are you saying that you would not have made him a captain for the game <laughs> last week? Because he was the captain. The I mean, it's just so... It's just so it's just so ridiculous, right? It's so ridiculous, and I I don't understand, like, how everybody's okay with it. Like, I just don't understand, like, how it continues to go on, and we can't have these open and honest conversations. And here's what happens sometimes when you're a coach and you've been fired previously: you try to overcorrect based on what the outside noise has said. So Mike McCarthy got a bad rap or whatever in Green Bay based on whatever happened in the fallout between he and Aaron Rodgers. And so he's tried to become more coach, more player friendly this time around. But coaching in the pros is no different than coaching high school or youth ball. Like if you let the kids do what they want and get all the ice cream and the candy that they want, like they're going to take advantage of you. And what you're seeing is this team taking advantage of Mike McCarthy not being a stern disciplinarian or a leader and Mike Nolan is not that guy he's not a confrontational type so sometimes somebody in the building has to be the bad cop and if it doesn't come from the coordinator then it has to come from the head coach and so we're waiting to see how long is this going to continue before someone calls the players out on what has been unacceptable efforts game after game after game on a similar note Bucky before we let you go uh, yesterday, there were some reports that came out uh, of some, some players that have been talking to the media. Uh, some of the quotes that came out, I'll give to you. Uh, total, the, the, the coach, speaking of the coaching staff, they called them totally unprepared, said they don't teach. Another one said that they, uh, they just aren't good at their jobs. Having been a former player and worked for organizations as a part of their scouting apparatus, uh, talk to me about how you have seen or would handle a situation like this if you were Mike McCarthy and sitting in the chair of having to try to figure out, number one, is this really true? And number two, how do you, how do you work on a problem that hasn't necessarily been brought to you? You're just kind of hearing it third, third party. 
Okay, so I will address it first from the player standpoint, and I will say here's why those comments can come out. Okay, so we have all been around the Cowboys enough to know how the program was run before and how it runs and operates now. From a defensive standpoint, because I'm assuming that those comments are coming from the defense side of the ball, because the offensive coaches have been pretty much the same. So what happened previously, when you operate a simple scheme, more of the time was devoted towards teaching and refining fundamentals. So when you went to see the Cowboys practice, it was all about fundamental stuff, footwork stuff, small groups, then bigger groups, then the entire team. What you have now with Mike Nolan and some of these guys, they're more tacticians. They want to get on the board and they want to show a variety of coverage and a multitude of fronts and all of those other things. And what happens sometimes when you're dealing with schemers, they don't have the ability to then teach and correct and really work on skill development and skill refinement. And so what you may be hearing is a desire to want some of the stuff that they used to have um, the previous 10 years or so. Now, for Mike McCarthy, when these things begin to leak, because where there's smoke, there's fire. What he should have done, the next team meeting they had, he needs to get everybody in their room, coach, players, or whatever, and they need to have open and honest dialogue. And it needs to be him talking to the players, the players talking to the coaches, and however long this meeting goes on, they have to clear the air and get on the same page. Because what you're seeing are the things that happen from losing franchises, losing teams, and and he's only six games in. To lose the team six games in is crazy that they haven't bought in and those things. And what was leaked out to the media has been coming out when we've heard those comments about we need to simplify, we need to do this. At some point, they have to be hard and direct and very clear with the players about what the expectations are, what is acceptable, what's unacceptable, and maybe, just maybe, there may need to be a sacrificial lamb that you cut somebody to send a message to the rest of the team, this is how we're going about our business, and it's unacceptable for those that don't match up to the, meet up to the standard. Good stuff, Bucky. We appreciate it. All right, we're going to uh, take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about those comments that came out. We also got a, an injury update that popped up yesterday that uh, is pretty significant here for the Cowboys. Bucky will join us again tomorrow. We'll talk about that Washington football defense, which we talked about the offense. It might not be that good, but that defense, got they got some players over there. So we'll get into that tomorrow. We'll take our first break. When we come back, uh, we'll jump right into the injury updates. Uh, we'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. 
And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. It's funny. As we travel places, often we find the places we want to travel aren't really places at all. They're people. They're grandparents, moms, old friends, and new nephews. That's why at American Airlines, we've been using enhanced cleaning measures so you can feel confident every step until you get to them. So as always, our people can't wait to take you to yours. American Airlines, you are why we fly. Back to the break. Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We just finished our segment with Bucky Brooks. Some interesting stuff about the uh, the Washington football team and their offense. I think will be a lot more interesting stuff tomorrow when we talk about their defense because I think that's where their strength is. Uh, but we need to talk about an injury that popped up yesterday for the Cowboys that seems to, I don't know, it worries me a little bit uh, from the standpoint of just depth. Brian, uh, Brand, I was about to say Brian McKnight, uh, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon Knight, um, <laughs> he he has an injury and now it looks like it's it doesn't look like he's going to be playing anytime soon. I know you're still laughing at Brian McKnight because they are starting back at one. Like, right. There's this whole offensive tackle. <laughs> I knew tackles. you had something yeah. for me. All right, uh, Nick. So tell me, what is the injury and how long is he projected to be out? Knee, couple games, bad. I mean, that's really all. <laughs> bad. That, <laughs> No, 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 not bad as far as the injury. I think it's a couple games. We'll find out if he goes on IR or not, which is just the the three games. But, you know, I I think that he has kind of – his the the shine kind of wore off a little Mm -hmm. bit with him. So um, I still like his game. I I think he's going to be a great backup. I really do. I would love to have him as a backup because he's tough as nails. Swing tackle. He can play different positions. He's played played everything. I think he'd be perfect. Uh, he'll come in there and just compete, but you know, talent-wise, you know, there's a reason you don't get drafted. Um, and and I know there's players that fall through the cracks, but I'm just saying, you know, he's he is what he is. Um, I'll let Dave kind of answer on on what I think is going to happen for the backup. I mean, they have some options, and they have options that have played, I think, more than him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, actually, I mean, it's obviously a disaster. Everybody knows that. So, like, it's not. It's not good news, but it sounds like Cam Irving will be back this week. Uh, he was dealing with a stomach bug or something that had him inactive on Monday night. Uh, but Mike McCarthy said he should practice this week. So he's back, but didn't like him enough to start him over Terrence Steele. So how excited that should make you, I don't know. But uh, So you got, you got uh, Cameron Irving. Steele is still available. Uh, Jordan Mills is the most experienced of the backup guys, and um, Sanat. I think there's there's Greg uh, Sanat. Oh, uh, Greg Sanat. Greg Sanat is the other one. Yeah. So they got they got guys, but you know it's we're talking about the fourth, fifth, and sixth options. It's just uh, it's not a lot of fun. I, how concerned are you, Amber? <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to say at this point. How? I like never 
ever would I imagine that all of this would happen to this offensive line, like ever. I knew that Tyron Smith has his whole deal of issues and Lyle Collins was struggling with something and we know the history of like Zach Martin injuries popping up here and there in previous years and then Connor Williams, but not to this extent. Like never did I think this would happen, but th what a... What a, I can't use bad words on here, but man, what a show. What, what a, a show. show. I, this just keeps getting, <laughs> this just keeps getting worse. I don't know. What kind I of show? I don't understand how these guys keep in, getting injured. Like, what is going on? I don't get it. Uh, I, I, I don't know. You know, I, it I'm, just keeps getting worse. We'll see. I, I have no basis, no, no scientific basis for this. But I'm having a hard time not thinking that all of it. Because, by the way, you look at the Cowboys injury report, and it looks really, really bad. There are several teams around the league that are equally bad. Like, the Eagles are one of them. They are, I mean, they are down to crumbs when it comes to their offensive line. And I just personally, I can't, nobody will convince me that somehow not having an offseason hasn't affected this. Yeah. I just, I think that when you look at the, the sport of football, there is conditioning that has to happen in the offseason. You, I mean, I, I would, I would love to sit down and talk to those guys over there in the Cowboys training staff that talk about how they work with these guys during the offseason, the 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 weight uh, and training staff, how they work with these guys during the offseason to prepare their bodies for a 16 game season, and not having that, I just, I believe personally that that's what a lot of this is. It's just these guys didn't have the right amount of training, the right kinds of training to prepare themselves. I remember Nick, you might remember this. This was years ago. Tashard Choice uh, came to training camp one year, and he was talking about how that offseason he had uh, he had kind of trained up, changed up his training, and had done like uh, 5K running, like something like that. And <laughs> and then the, the training camp started, and he was completely not prepared for training camp. He talked about how he wasn't complete because he was training the wrong way, you know. And it's it's like when you leave all these guys to train on their own for an entire offseason. And then they come in and it's like, okay, time to play football. I just don't think yeah. a lot of them are prepared and their bodies aren't prepared for what they're having to go Not through. Not the worst decision he's ever made, but um, maybe the autograph after the game wasn't so good. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, you, you're right. I mean, this is just this is a total different uh, year for everybody, and, and it's really it's hard to kind of figure out the best way to, to for these guys to get ready. We said it way back in, in April and May, the, the disciplined players, the disciplined team is going to come out and really and, you know have have more success just because they know how to get their, 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 get themselves ready to play. And I think all of the you know these, this first year program, I think it's we're seeing it's just been a, a challenge in every way. Just from you're trying to build a culture, and we've said it before, you can't build culture over WebEx, Zoom. Yeah. You just can't build it. And it, you know we're, we're finding out that this culture, it, there's a there's a big problem here, obviously. Yeah, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a surprise that the best team teams in the league are teams that have been around. Their mm -hmm. coaches have been around for a while. Their players have been around for a while. Uh, they, they had the ability to kind of pick up where they left off. And I think a lot of the teams now, you have to factor in the teams that have new coaches typically are bad teams. Yeah. So, so they're going to probably continue to be yeah. bad, right? Um, but that all being said, it, it's not, I don't think Carolina it's seems like they're doing okay, just for whatever that's they're, worth. They're right around the middle part of the league. You know, I mean, that they, they're not three great. I don't think they're great, but... Uh, but again, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I just, but I, I think all things considered, 
I think you look at most of the teams that have new coaches, and they're not doing that well. And you look at most of the teams that are established programs, sure. they're doing pretty well. So, yeah. All right, we're going to take our final break a little early because when we come back, I want to talk about, I want to jump into some of these comments that these players have made uh, over the last, or at least have come out over the last day or so, um, and, and get your opinions on what you think about uh, these comments and what you think about how Coach McCarthy may need to handle it. We'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter. 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to the break. If you're coming to a Cowboy game this season, make sure you know before you go, you wear a mask, you keep distance, you prepare for cashless transactions. Please be aware that all safe stadium policies prior to arriving at AT&T Stadium. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash safe stadium for details. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And I want to talk now about uh, some comments that, that came out yesterday. Jane Slater of NFL Network reported uh, that she had uh, gotten some, some information from some players. Uh, the way she characterized it was... Uh, they had been a little reticent to talk about some of these things before, but now at two and four, things just start kind of popping out. And as we all know around here, the first thing you always look at when these kind of comments come out is what's the state of the team? Typically, losing teams have this kind of stuff happen because people aren't happy when they're losing. That being said, some of the quotes that came out were the coaching staff was totally unprepared. They don't teach. They don't have any sense of adjusting on the fly. Another player said they just aren't good at their jobs. My question for you guys is how much do you think this is about players deflecting blame from themselves and their own performance, um, or is it really a problem that you think is happening with the coaches based upon the, some of the, the miscues that you've seen on the field that are related to coaching? Let's start first with you, Dave. 
I, I mean, just for, for starters, you know, I know Jane really well, and I, you know, I think she rubs people the wrong way sometimes because she's she's willing to dig. I don't know her to ever make stuff up, so, like, I completely, I buy what she's selling for sure. I think the question that I ask myself is just who is it, who's it coming from? Because there's a difference between the star linebacker saying that and the fourth cornerback. Um, so that's... I think about but then on, on top of that I, I think you hit the nail on the head is hell yeah it's about deflecting blame because these guys have been embarrassing themselves for a month like every Monday you open Twitter and you can just find the, the tape cutups of things that should not happen in the NFL happening to this defense and the players are the ones that are going to take heat for it because they're the ones with the breakdowns and there's so much ego in this league that I think at some point <laughs> you have to do something to try to save face and say, hey, this ain't all on us. And, and I think that's probably what this is. Amber. Well, first of all, I hate anonymous tips. Like, I, I get it. I get the point behind it and all that. But if you got to say something, just come up and say it. Like, put your name on it. And, and if you have a problem with it, I mean, why are you trying to hide behind it? I mean, when you look at the whole defense – you can clearly see that it's not just the coaching stuff. You know, you, you see guys blowing up coverages that are just basic stuff. I mean, I barely know football, and to me, I know the basics, basics. Like, you're blowing that up. So I think that some guys need to take accountability here and not just start – and I get it. At this stage, you start pointing fingers and blaming other people, but at the same time, it, I, there is no way that this is just about coaching. It's a combination of both. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I agree with uh, both of them, um, especially with the part about the anonymous stuff. I mean, you know, people like to talk trash on Twitter. You know, people get kind of tough and, and they like to say certain things. But when that guy has the egg, you know, you're not really worried about it. I mean, because you're, you're not mad enough to even say who you are or what you're doing. So why are you, you know, coming up here and saying all this now? You, you said earlier, now it's starting to come out. It hasn't come out. It doesn't come out unless the guy stands up today. If I'm Mike McCarthy, I stand up today and I say, let's go. What's the problem? Who's got an issue? This is where you do it. This is where you say it. And if you don't, then kindly shut the front door and start playing football. Kindly. If not, then, then let, let's, <laughs> let's talk about it. I mean, I just I have, I, I agree with Amber. I agree with Dave as well. I mean, who it's coming from is, is you know, it matters. And everyone's like, got their, oh, I think it's them, I think it's him. You know, but play better. I mean, play play better. Don't get knocked off the ball. Don't, you know, why don't, you know, McCarthy said something yesterday about everybody in this league now stripping the ball, you know, peanut, the peanut punch. I mean, Zeke's got to deal with it. Uh, timeout. Why aren't your guys doing that then? Nobody has ripped a fumble out. No running back has fumbled against the Cowboys. Just a receiver that was that that was showboating and a quarterback who fumbles to everyone. You haven't, you know. Why don't you play, you know, better? So I, I think it's everything. It, it's, it's a little bit of everything. I don't know. I, I don't like. I don't like the, the the anonymous stuff at all. I, I stand up and say it. And maybe they will today. Maybe maybe that'll happen. The one thing that I will say about the the anonymous stuff, and and I agree with you. I think, but I do put it in two different categories. 
if let's say whoever the players were that did this, let's assume for a second that it was a person in the secondary, and let's assume that they went to the secondary coach and they said, "Hey, man, this is a problem. Like, you, don't, I need more from you. Like, this is a problem." Mm-hmm. And they got no real change. It's been the same thing. And let's say they then went to the defensive coordinator and they said, "Hey, man, there's a problem over here. I, I talked to the secondary coach. Ain't nothing changing. Mm-hmm. There's a problem, and nothing changed." And then let's say that he went to Mike McCarthy and was like, "Dude." I've talked to my position coach. I've talked to the coordinator. There's still not a change. This defense is a problem, and nobody is seeming to care or do the right things to get us on the right track. And then nothing happens. At that point, is also, it okay? At that point, is it okay for them to then step to a media person and say, or a media person comes to them and is asking them questions like, "Look, man, there's some problems around here, and and I I just I personally again I don't want my name on it, but just know there's some problems going on around here. These guys don't know what they're doing." Right? Do you do you have a different sense let's, from an for anonymous source at that point? Mm. That's all. Let's that. let's add a wrinkle there. Let's let's add a wrinkle there, which we're veering we're veering heavily into speculation. But yeah. there were reports there were reports at the time of his release that Brandon Carr left this team because he had some issue with with the way things were being coached. That I mean that that was out there at the time. It didn't really gain a lot of traction because the team wasn't struggling then as much as it is now. But that makes you wonder as well. Is like, oh well, maybe maybe voicing my concerns directly is not a great way to ensure my job security. So that could be another part of it as well. Right. And, and let's all be clear. Like, and I think we all probably do this. There's certain things you're willing to say at your job mm-hmm. to your supervisor. There's certain things that maybe you don't feel comfortable, especially if you don't feel like it's an environment where he will listen or she will listen and, and take that as just criticism and, and move on from it rather than holding it against you, right? right. So if, if there are players that are in that locker room that don't feel like they don't have the relationship and the rapport yet with the coaching staff to feel like they can talk without that coming back on them and they're like man i need this paycheck like i need to keep my job then what do you do you know i don't think you do that i, I don't i mean I, so I, how do you how else do you handle it because well i mean you handle it you handle it within you handle it so every radio station in dallas is not talking about it now you created a different problem now you're trying to speculate you know i mean they've just picked out random positions but yet people that are listening said oh he said star linebacker and fourth cornerback you know i mean that's just what everyone's thinking you know <laughs> which i don't agree with by yeah the way. i promise i was not i was not throwing breadcrumbs with <laughs> yeah. that i just yeah it was, two it was positions pretty, at random I it promise. was pretty interesting how you put that with those particular two positions yeah. but go ahead well we have those a were not breadcrumbs we have a picture on our website that has like cd lamb with with the story and it's oh, like gosh. right oh we do i talked to cd after the game you know he, he it's not cd i can promise yeah, you I'm that i'm guessing it's not no, cd not cd you can have 52 other picks i'll say no to him but here's the other part i think that needs to be really discussed and this is what i want you guys to chime in on is i think you know bucky hit the, hit the nail on the head where there's smoke there's fire mm-hmm. i think we can we can crucify the messenger all day for his methods of how he did it what i really want to find out is do you think there are really problems from the standpoint of coaching because i thought bucky brought up a really good point and i personally believe this anytime you have a regime change there are going to be guys that prefer the old way of doing things right you get accustomed to a guy doing it one way and and by the way you may at the time be like you know it's kind of like giving up the old girlfriend to go to the new girlfriend there's certain things you're like man i wish i could find this in a woman and then you find that in the new woman but you miss the things that the old girlfriend did 
that that you're like, oh, I don't know which one I really want, you know? So I, I think the point is that you look at the situation. Sue's not listening. Good, Derek. Sue's not listening today, is she? Your Still, wife better no. not be listening. I've been happily married for 20 years. I can't even admit, even remember what other girls are like. But anyway, um, I, I think the point is right now that there are probably some guys in that locker room who are very used to things being done a certain way. And what we know of Jason Garrett, he was very meticulous. He was very detail-oriented. The results were the results, and they weren't good enough, and we all agree mm-hmm. on that. But it was a different, maybe a different way of doing things, and maybe what you're hearing right now is a frustration from the fact that, number one, they are losing and not playing well, and then, number two, they feel like some of the things they don't have that they used to have are maybe the reasons why they aren't winning. Do you agree, Nick? Uh, yeah, I mean, there is definitely an issue with the coaching because they coaches. It's like it's it. It doesn't matter if you are the best teacher in the world. If your students don't understand, then you're not teaching well. So it's not happening. I mean, yeah, they are not doing a good job of coaching, and they said that. McCarthy said that yesterday. It's on us to do that. It's on us to teach these guys better. Um, but are the students willing? Do they even open the book? You know, mm-hmm. did they even bring a pencil to class? I Preach. mean, are, are, are they even trying? So you, you got, you got. There, there's two issues here, and um, I think I think it's a mess. I mean, I really do, and I can't say that I'm really that close to the situation, but I did not like what I saw the other night walking out of that game when those players were walking out of that game. I it just didn't feel like a good situation In what way? at all. The, the players, and particular guys on defense, they they. They're not accountable. They're not. You know, I mean, you've got guys that are supposed to be leaders. Either they're captains, they have been captains, or they make a lot of money or whatever. And they don't want to face the music. They don't want to answer the questions. They, you know, media questions or whatever. They don't want to be on the podium. But, you know, I got rookie free agents and, and practice squad guys. Let them deal with it. You know, that's, that's a problem. You know, as, as being a leader, that's why I respect Zeke a hundred times more for what he did and what he always does. Mm -hmm. Even when he was in the middle of all that controversy, he stands up there and talks every single game. That's what these guys need to do. That's a part of being accountability. Doesn't you don't have the answer doesn't mean you you don't have to you don't get to talk. Those are your leaders and those are the guys you need to be running out there as captains. So they have right. Not guys that say I don't always play hard all the time. Tails, no, it doesn't work that way. Amber, what do you think? I'll just add oh, to ahead, Derek ahead, that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dave. No, go. I'll just. I mean, if they, if they, if they want the old way, like they should have been better last year. Like we know, <laughs> we know why the. Well, we know why they're bad this year. They're beat to hell, and they're trying to adapt to a bunch of new stuff during a pandemic. And maybe I know they're not exactly that good. Why they're not good? Well, sure, but I. It, it's still mystifying that they weren't better last year. They should have won. At least they should have at least won the division if not been a 10 or 11 win team. And Jason Garrett might still be here. If that's what they wanted, they should have been better last year. So, and your parents decide to send you to military school and it sucks. Like, I mean, who do you have to blame but yourself? I don't want to hear that. Be better. Amber. Well, and to add, I mean, one of the things that Mike McCarthy said was the whole thing that they did start simplifying defense uh, what was it on week three i think is what he said that they started simplifying things and still you didn't see any kind of progress it, it's still just a reoccurring pattern every week is the same thing if not worse so 
I, I, it's a whole mess. And in order for you to be successful, you need everyone to buy into the whole idea and the whole goal. Okay, our goal is to win, and this is how we're going to do it. And you need to trust your leader. And if you don't trust your leader, it's just not going to work. So it, it, it's a really, really messy situation, especially when guys are not necessarily speaking up. And again, we're not, none of us are in any of those meetings, so we don't know. But Based on this and based on McCarthy's response in the press conference, as far as him kind of finding it a little surprising, I guess, it, it, it tells me that they haven't maybe be hearing, like they haven't heard those comments within their own meetings. So at that point, you as a player, if you have an issue, and, and I get it, yes, it's your work, and yes, you still want that paycheck, but if you care enough, then at that point, you have to speak up. And by you speaking up, you don't need to be disrespectful. You just need to have a conversation about it and then try to find a solution together. But if they don't work together and get on the same page, it's just going to keep going downhill. Yeah, Mike McCarthy's comment yesterday that you mentioned uh, in the press conference, he says, I think you uh, do have to recognize it. I really go back to my first meeting with the football team. I think it's important to handle things as men. If you do have something to say, say it to the individual directly. So my question for you guys at this point is, if you're Mike McCarthy, how do you handle this situation right now? Amber, let's start with you. Well, just have an open conversation. I mean, you go as a team because, again, you don't know what specific guy said what. So you just go in a big team meeting, point it out there. You don't need to call. You don't need to be like, okay, please stand up if you were the one that spoke to the media and <laughs> vent it out. You don't need to do all that. You just need to say, okay, basically what you say, Derek, you know, my door is always open. Feel free to come in. We can have conversations. In order for us to start heading the right direction, we need to fix this now and we need to have those conversations and try to figure out exactly what is your problem? What is What are you having issues with? Do you need to stay after school extra hours to study more, you know? Do those things. So, I mean, right now it, it, it's crazy that the inability to have those conversations and try to lay everything on the table and try to fix things within house. Dave, how would you handle it? Yeah, I, I, I agree with most of that. Actually, uh, you know, Mike, Bucky brought this up. Mike was asked last night if you need to do something drastic just for the sake of it, like have a sacrificial lamb. In so many words, he kind of said, you know, that's, that's really not the way the NFL works anymore. I tend to agree with him. I mean, you can't cut a guy that's going to wreck your cap, especially when you're dealing with like a lower, uh, you know, you're going to have a lower cap next year. You also can't afford to cut a guy that stands a chance to make your defense better. But if I were him, I would probably just say, here's your opportunity. Let, I mean, let's talk about it. My door's open. If you don't want to talk about it in front of the whole team, let's, let's nip this in the bud and get it out of the way. And if nobody's willing to, I'm going to assume that you're done whining about it and we're going to carry on and try to install this program the best way that we can. Um, other than that, I, I mean, I, I don't know what else would work other than just playing better football. Nick? Maybe, you know, McCarthy could get the sign that Bill Parcells used to have in, uh, outside the locker room. You know, the one that says, losers assemble in small groups and bitch about things. Winners assemble as a team and find ways to win. Hmm? And I think a lot of that's happening right now. You know, you get asked a question by someone in the media, and your stats are what they are or what they are not. 
you know, and, and however many tackles or sacks or interceptions or whatever you do not have. And so either it's on you or it's something else. There's thousands, millions of people in the world that are sitting around, sitting at the, at the, you know, on a corner saying, I was a heck of a player, but the coach did this or I got hurt or whatever. It's a lot easier mm-hmm. to do that than it just wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough or I'm not playing good enough. So I, I really tend to side with the coaches on this. It's not like these players are all these all pro players that are now not playing as well. There's a couple of them like that, a couple of them. And their circumstances have also changed since they did all of that. Yeah. The one thing I'll say is I, I've seen a number of miscues this year that uh, during games that makes me believe that there really is probably something on both sides of this. Mm-hmm. The players aren't playing well, and the coaches maybe are not giving them the best opportunity to win. We've seen you know the 12 men on the field call a number of times. We've yeah. seen a few, a few times they had 10 men on the field. They didn't have enough. So there have been these miscues that don't seem like they have their operation down. And again, when you're coming from a coaching staff that was pretty meticulous, not to say that they never had that kind of stuff because it happens to everybody, but I do think that there can be some of that transition stuff that we're seeing right now, and that has a lot to do with, and, and, and players are reacting to it because they're losing on top of the fact that they're not transitioning well. So I think there's probably some on, on both sides of it, but if I were Mike McCarthy, I would be talking to my leaders right now. I'm talking the real leaders, the guys that have the ears of all the other guys in that locker room, mm-hmm. and I'd be saying, what do we need to do? Like, I would be going to them, like, tell me what I need to do. Tell me what's going on in the minds of the players where they feel like they need help. And, and I would then have those players, I would give them license. I'm going to bring this up in a meeting. I would like you to get up and just say what you said to me. So that, because when you open it up to the group, you can't open it up to the group because the first person that stands up is initially going to be de- deemed the guy that probably talked to the media. So you don't want that. You want somebody who's willing to stand up because the coach is giving him license to stand up and say, here's where we need coaches to be better. That starts the dialogue, and I think that gets you back to where you need to be. But they're gonna have to, this is where we're going to find out how great of a leader Mike McCarthy is. We know he's a coach that's won a Super Bowl. My question is, is he a great leader? This is where we're going to find out because these are the kind of moments where you figure out how good someone is at leading a group. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk about that Washington football defense and the Cowboys offense. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!